Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Okay, so I want to speak this morning on the topic of a renewed mind can see the kingdom. A renewed mind can see the kingdom of God. We've been doing a series for some weeks now, months, because it's a topic that really is a now topic. Because Jesus' first message was about the kingdom. His last message was about the kingdom. And everything in between was about the kingdom. So I would say it's a pretty big deal. Are you going to really make me work that hard today? Not like amen or ouch or say it again. It was a big deal for Jesus. It should be a big deal for us. In fact, he said, when you pray, this is what you should pray. Your kingdom come. And we've been looking at some of those keys of the kingdom over the last few months. Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, how do I enter into this kingdom? And Jesus said, you have to be born again. So we know that's the door in. Good news doesn't end at being born again. Hello? Because that's the door into the kingdom. But you, he, Jesus says you won't even be able to see the kingdom if you're not born again. So there's a seeing that is a progressive unfolding and revelation of what God wants to do on earth. And as we apply those keys, we see his kingdom revealed. Okay. So, in John chapter, ooh, is this also... Only skew on mine. Okay. Okay. Excuse me. Standing sideways. John 20, 24. Thomas, known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I still see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. So just from that little discourse, we see that Thomas had a mindset. And he was basically saying, don't tell me, I, I know what I believe. Don't confuse me with the truth. You know anybody like that? It's like, I know what I know, what I know but I can't say it. No, I know what I know, so don't confuse me with the truth. And it says a week later, I just want to stop there, a week later. So for a week, Thomas is living in a paradigm, in a worldview that Jesus has come, died, and he's buried, and it's all over. But a week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. I, I think there's a reason he said that. I mean, you can imagine. <laughs> You've seen him die. You saw him buried. I guess it's a good opening statement. Peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas says to him, my Lord and my God. Just that far for now. So, so we see from this, from this passage, from this discourse, that we can make up our minds about something. 
and we can choose to believe something because that's our frame of reference. He was being logical. He was being uh, cynical, some might say. But in his mind, he was being realistic. He saw Jesus die. Come on, give him a break. I mean, for all this, oh, you're a doubting Thomas. It's become part of the English language now. I mean, the poor guy, he, he went through a traumatic experience. And he says, now guys, sorry, sorry, don't go. I don't know what trick you're pulling or what ghost you saw or whatever it was. I, 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 not, no, no, don't, don't confuse me with the truth now. I know what I believe. And I stopped there. And I realized in my own life, there are so many things that I have a fixed framework. As do we all. We have a framework that's been formed by our upbringing, our social, political environment we grew up in. It's a framework that's come about through important people in our lives, how they treated us, what they said about us. It's a complicated subject and best left to the sociologists and those clever people. But enough for us to know we all have a view of life that we think is the truth or real. Or reality. And for Thomas, that was his reality. But every single one of us have those frames. Those, some call them worldviews. And I want to say three, well, four things now. now I've, I added another one this morning, Leslie. Is we can believe something to be true that is true. Okay? So you believe you're married to Heather. Okay, it's true. Okay, and uh, so, so there's some things you believe that are true that, that are true. Um, you, you believe if you're a man, you, you know you're a man, you, what you're believing is true. If you're a woman, you know, oh, you're a bad example, eh? Okay, but you, you get the point. Okay, so we, some things we believe are true that are true. Some things we believe to be true that are not true. There's many examples of that. The, 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 I, I was watching a Discovery program. I know you think I'm getting all my examples from Discovery and Geographic. I, it used to be Reader's Digest. Now it's uh, DSTV. It, it's, it's such an intriguing story about Albert Einstein. I mean, I just love the guy. He was... Just so intense about what he believed in, but he couldn't remember his birth date. You know, he had to go and scratch through papers to find out what, what his birthday was. But what he was good at, he was so brilliant. And through his uh, theories on relativity and the travel of light speed and all, all these amazing things, he came to an inevitable conclusion, which was that everything had to have begun at a certain before which there was nothing. And that everything would then contract to the same position. But do you know, until his virtual last breath, he refused to acknowledge it. Because his worldview, what he'd grown up with, was that never been a beginning and there'll never be an end. Everything is just forever. And it didn't fit his mind, his world, although he saw it in his theories and his equations and his, all that fancy scribbling that they do, you know. 
and his, his, his successors saw that he'd actually discovered that truth. And on his last days, he acknowledged that was one of his biggest regrets, that he'd never acknowledged what he knew was true. Because he said that would have helped him break a ceiling into new discovery and in an understanding of the universe, which came later. And now the Stephen Hawkins of the world have built on those theories. But I'm giving you this big illustration now, not to get your mind off all the science, but to say that sometimes we believe something to be true, but it's not true. And we choose to believe something even if we suspect it's not true. I say vice versa because another way of putting it is we just turn a blind eye. Hello? Have you, have you heard that in families where they are known to be abusers and parents have turned a blind eye? What has happened there? They've chosen to believe something even though they suspect it's not true or vice versa. So we're talking about what we believe that's true, what we believe that's not true. And what we believe, but we suspect is not true. And then, for, obviously, there are things that we just don't know. <laughs> As I was thinking about Thomas' situation, yeah, is someone who walked with Jesus. He had a picture of the world. In the same way, you and I have a picture of the world. And he chose to believe something different, but his perspective was wrong. And here's my point. Can you accept that sometimes your perspective could be wrong? Can you accept that sometimes what you think is true is not true? Because if you can't, sorry, there's no hope for further learning or renewing of your mind. Because the renewing of the mind process necessitates, it's predicated on an ability to be teachable and to be humble in what I think I know. Does that come across? I go to the pick and pay. So I'm doing some shopping. Hey, listen, I, I love shopping. I love cooking as well. You wouldn't say so. Janet's coming back to a smorgasbord. I've discovered why she loves being in the kitchen. It's a lot of fun. I always thought like, Shit, Janet's not your fast food. Janet's not your Uber Eats. Now I'm like, hey, man, it's like a whole new world out there. So I'm at the pick and pay shopping. I need to find some something. And I never know where things are in the shops. You know, us first-time shoppers? Anyone out there? So I see one of the ladies with the right uniform on. I say, excuse me, I'm looking for the, the apricot jam. Where do I go? And she says something like, she carries on doing. I say, sorry, excuse me, I'm looking for the apricot jam. She like looks at me and she goes, and she carries on working. By this stage, I'm ready to fire her. And I'm not even her boss. And I say, excuse me, ma'am, what I find is offensive, and my mind's already telling me things about her, you know. And she says, she goes on, she, she answers her phone. And I'm like, what? She comes off the phone and she says, 
I do apologize. I'm arranging my mother's funeral for tomorrow. And everything has been left to me to organize. So what is it that you wanted from me? Can you see how my perspective just changed? Can you see how my presuppositions just got abandoned? Can you see what I thought was true was just challenged? I want to say to you, some of you believe things based on a perception, based on your worldview that might be true, but might not be true. And sometimes, even though you know it's true, at a subconscious level, you can't bear to believe it's true, so you suppress it. Thomas had 11 men around him saying, we saw Jesus. And still, he stubbornly refused. It's the same when the blind man came to Jesus and the disciples said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he's born blind? Can you see their presupposition? Somebody have had to done something bad for this man to be in this condition. What does Jesus say? Neither this man nor his parents sinned. This is so that God can be glorified. <laughs> I mean, talk about a comeback answer that's totally out of your worldview paradigm, totally out of the expected Jesus has a way of doing this. When the disciples saw seven loaves and five fish, whatever it was, they made an assumption. You make an assumption every day about things. Because we have to have some kind of what's right and what's wrong, what we believe, what we don't believe, what's fake. Did I say fake? What's fake and what's real. And there's such a a big gray area there. The best thing we can teach our children is not to believe 99% of what they see on multimedia. It's the best thing we can teach them. I didn't get a roaring amen, so I think I need to say something to you today. Don't believe everything you hear on the news. Don't believe everything you get on your Facebook post. Don't believe every conspiracy you hear that gets circulated on WhatsApp. Let me tell you, it is an industry out there vying for the minds and emotion, uh, uh, intellectual property of people right now. Stop it. Stop believing everything you hear and read and then passing it on to 50 of your friends because at the bottom it says if you don't pass this on, you don't love Jesus. On the left and on the right. Don't for a minute believe everything Donald says. But don't believe everything that the news says. Bottom line. Sorry, I spent way too much time there. Let's get back to the Bible. The disciples expected that Jesus was going to come and overthrow the Romans. You know that that was their worldview? That's part of why Thomas couldn't get over this. This meaningless death of weakness. But here's an example where the disciples had an expectation and Jesus had to say, that's not why I've come. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be killed. And then I'll rise again. And then I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. 
They never had a framework to understand that. Jesus bumps into a group walking on the way to Emmaus in Luke around 24, I think, the end of the last chapter of Luke. They're on their way. Jesus comes, walks with them. The resurrected Jesus is, is, is with them. And they, they, he says, why are you looking so down? They say, haven't you heard? And the whole story unfolds that he has to take the scripture and say, didn't this say that the Son of Man, they couldn't see it. There was this blindness. Until they took the bread, he took the cup, and there comes a revelation. You see, one manifestation to Thomas changed his mind. One manifestation to these road to most people changed their mind. Are you willing to have your mind changed about a lot of things? The Holy Spirit is promised to be poured on all flesh. Have you got a grid to believe that includes all flesh? And are you ready to take care of those who come into the kingdom in their tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands? Because God's not finished with you. And don't think because you've got gray hair you're going to get away with it. And if you've got no hair, you're definitely not going to get away with it. So what are the things that we believe that might not be true? If someone told you, your life's going to amount to nothing. You know, if you believe that, you're in trouble. Even if it's not true. And I tell you now, it's not true. Because your, your life is amounting to something. What if someone says to you, the Holy Spirit's gifts passed away after the apostles? If you believe that, it's going to very much form your frame of reference. What if you believe that God put sickness on you because that's one of his ways to teach you? That's going to give you a very skewed view of a very schizophrenic God who's very confused. Lee did an outstanding job last week of just bringing some clarity to understanding the flow of the Scripture, progressively the covenant, and our concept of God. What if we believe that God doesn't want to heal everybody? It's just here and there. How will that affect how we view. I remember, you know, I came in, I got saved as a non-Bible believing, non-Bible owning, non-church going Christian into a very staunch Baptist church through the Youth for Christ. And I was taught very clearly that not everybody is chosen to go to heaven. I called it five-point Calvinism. And my first few months, something in me was like, but hang on, this doesn't feel right. This is not like the God that made me fall on my face and sob for 20 minutes when I had an experience of his presence and his love. And, and it just doesn't feel right. And, and I was told, and that there's no more healing signs, wonders, and miracles. So you must know, when I came out of my two-year compulsory military duty and was trying to find my feet and came into a charismatic church, what a culture shock it was for me. And how many paradigms I had to start shifting. You can only imagine. Jesus says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I've, I've laid quite a, what some might think is a, is a pessimistic background here this morning. Because the question could rise, well then what can we believe? If we can't believe anything, then we can't even believe that. 
know someone got hurt. So, so, so what is it? So Jesus appears to him, says, okay, come over here, touch my hand, touch my side. Can, can we go to the rest of that scripture? Let's just turn, because I didn't put it in my notes, John 20. Richard, thanks for reminding me about my Bible. And from verse 27. So put your fingers in my hand. Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hands. See my side. Okay. Verse 28. Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. <laughs> Talk about a, a 180 degree turnaround. All right. Then Jesus says to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Watch the use of the word believe here, okay? Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. So there are some things we can believe even if we haven't seen them. Verse 13. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. Did we see them? Do we believe them? And what is that called? Faith. Jesus is saying, in effect, if you see, you don't need faith. But my kingdom is going to operate by faith, not by seeing. It's going to operate by faith through prayer that's going to agree with heaven so on earth as it is in heaven. There are some things you don't see that you think, no, that's impossible. But we do have an authority, and it's right over here, that we can believe something. That the Holy Spirit, through men of God, to the church, and now for the church, there are things that we can believe. Back to Tom, back to, okay, the last verse there. Verse 31. But these are written that you may believe. Say believe. <laughs> that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Woo! Then some of you are going down a path right now and you're finding it hard to believe a whole lot of stuff. You were walking down a path and you saw the sea and it was beautiful. And you carried on walking and a mountain came between you and the sea. And you looked and you can't see the sea anymore. Some people say, I still know the sea is there. But maybe you're at a place where you're saying, I don't even know if the sea's there anymore. I don't know what I believe. Jesus says, blessed are you if you don't see and you believe. And by believing, you will find life. You know, there's a whole lot of things we think we know. There's a whole lot of things we know that are true. 
But this morning I'm saying, by the renewing of our mind, we get to see the kingdom of God. And by renewing our minds, it can only happen as I position myself in a humility to say, I might not understand it right now. Let me just put a question mark there. But dare not tear it out your mouth. Put a question mark there. Trust me, you'll come back full circle like I have in my life and go, oh, of course, why didn't I see that? But while you're walking past that mountain, you can still believe that there's going to come a day when you're going to walk past that and you're going to see it again. Come on. Some of you are facing that mountain of unbelief right now. Some of you are facing that mountain of confusion right now. You are saying this is unpredictable, it's unknowable, it's confusing. Keep walking. Keep walking and talk to that mountain <laughs> if you have to. Because <laughs> there's a few things I know beyond a shadow of doubt that I can believe. Nothing Nothing is impossible for God. <laughs> Nothing is impossible for God. And God can turn anything around. Come, let's give another praise. Let's, uh, we, we believe that. He can really turn it around. And there is always a solution. Man, it might be in your knowledge. It might be in someone else's knowledge. There is a solution. Come on, be happy about that. And this will come to pass. It's not forever. Even if it's in this life, it's not forever. Even if it's in the season, it's not forever. And it shall come to pass. And then we are always qualified to run to God and not away from God. Never have to feel like God is unapproachable. God is offended. God is unhappy with me. God is like kind of miffed. You are always qualified through the blood of Jesus to come to the Father of your soul. And finally, if we remain teachable in every situation, every situation can teach us new things and new ways of doing things. And then finally, in all things, we can give thanks. In all things, we can. I know that to be true. There's a lot of things I think are true that might not be true, but I know that's true. I can give thanks in all situations because the Word of God says that's God's will. That you give thanks. Because when you give thanks, you are lifting God above the problem and not the problem above God. In all things, you can give thanks. Because God said, I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. And if you're seeking him and you choose to keep believing that sea that is unseeable is still there, you are blessed. Because blessed are those who haven't seen. You can give thanks for what you haven't seen. I tell you what, I said it earlier, you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, God says the glory of the latter house is going to supersede the glory of the former house. Let's believe that. Let's believe that in the last days he'll pour out his spirit on offer. Let's believe that the greatest harvest of all time will come in the last days. Let's Choose to believe the things that are true and stop believing the lies that aren't true. Come on, that is the truth. 